This is the Unfiltered Podcast. Hello, Unfiltered listeners. So today, um, we're going to be talking about education. And, well, it's been a hot topic for a while to be educated or not to be educated. Um, what does education mean? Do we have to go through degrees? Can we just use YouTube nowadays? Um, well, that's going to be our topic today. So, yeah. Thanks for having me, Jill. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. So if you obviously, that's not my voice, but that is Meshvi Shah, who is an MSc in biodiversity conservation and management from a very, very prestigious university, which shall not be named because we don't want to, you know, tilt the bias. Um, but OK, I'm just going to. Oh, no. How can I forget this word of the podcast? So the word of the podcast today is lionize, which we all um, basically means when you lionize someone is you see them as a hero. I do have a, an example here. The Republicans continue to lionize Ronald Reagan as their ultimate hero. Um, so, Masha, you know the rules of the game, right? You have to yes, say ma'am. before I do. And if you do, you get a song from me or something. I don't know. <laughs> you name your part. I hold you to that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Now, okay, let's let's jump right into this. Tell me, what do you think about education as um, as it is today? That's a, a good question. Perhaps maybe I could start from where or what I used to think it was to yes. how it's changed now, because it's changed a lot, my view on education. When I was younger, I really thought that was like the be all and end all, like you have to be educated. And that's the only way you're quote unquote successful in life, or that's the only way you can make it in life to be educated. And by that, I mean, like go through high school, do your bachelor's degree, do a master's, maybe PhD, get your job. And like, that's the only route of success. And I mean, as I've grown up, I, my view has changed so much in the sense that I feel like education institutions are so outdated if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yes, it does. Very outdated in like, they don't catch up with technology and I don't mean using laptops instead of notebooks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have so much access to like knowledge that it doesn't make sense to sit in a class and just learn through a syllabus. Whereas you could do it on your own, but you're paying to sit in a class to go through that syllabus where you could get it on the internet. You could use YouTube. So I, I want to touch on that point that you just mentioned right now about sitting in a class and basically doing that by yourself. So I am actually doing my master's right now. Obviously, you know this, but mm -hmm. I feel like I'm doing everything on my own. I'm paying an incredibly large sum of money, but yeah, I'm not I'm not watching any of the videos that the professors are putting on. Actually, I don't think most of my classes don't even have professors putting on videos. We're basically just buying articles from Harvard University and just reading those articles and answering the questions like that is I obviously I've just taken a small snapshot of what's going on but that is basically what most right. classes are and because it is because of COVID and everything's adapted to being online the next thing that we do is have discussion posts which by the way are the most I, I don't think they're quite helpful because I'm not really discussing anything with anyone I'm just gonna go say oh hey great post and just read mm -hmm. what they just said now in doing these two things I end up passing the class and then further on getting my degree so I basically just spent so much money to get 
a piece of paper that I could have done on my own without having that investment that I made. Right. Because it, it just doesn't make sense to me how they're even with it being online, you'd assume that maybe the prices of the education slash tremendously because now you're not having those in-person classes, you're not having that personalization put into teaching. So you'd, mm-hmm. and you're not, these universities are not even using the resources that they add on to their fees. Like, you know, you have library fees or you pay for um, bus passes or you pay for, you know, just using yeah. the amenities on the campus. But now we're not on campus. We don't have access to the libraries. We don't have access to most of the things that we would if we were on campus. And yet we pay full price for that yeah. same education. Yeah, I think it's like a society thing. It's like it's been done for the past. I don't know. I, I haven't gone through the history of education, but I would assume at least 200 years. I mean, um, some of the oldest universities are what, like thousands of years? Yes. Um, oldest English speaking is apparently Oxford. So I hear. Um, so, yeah, the, they've been going on for a while. So I think breaking that 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 societal norm Mm-hmm. is kind of um, is what needs to be done because that's why we keep just investing a ton of money into mm-hmm. you know these classes yet in the back of my mind I think many people are starting to realize like these degrees many of them I, I don't speak about like medicine and dentistry oh. and like you know subjects where you need actual practice yes um, but like what I did for example it's something which if I look back in hindsight, I could have looked at the website and networked more actively mm-hmm. rather than do a degree. But I'm not regretting it because I was doing it for a purpose in the sense of changing career. But um, yeah, my main point is though, money, investing, you've got to be smart about it, like yeah. in education in terms of I agree. So society I, really needs to society. No, I just think society really like we need to like flow with the times. You can't just be like like education university that maybe that's like a synonym and maybe that should like be broken down because it really isn't anymore um I keep seeing job posts where they say oh you need x amount like this degree uh-huh. or three years of experience which is I think positive for like the generations to come where it's like experience is more um valued than a degree or a piece of paper which I think is good I I agree. Um, I do think the experience is what is more valuable because at the end of the day, when you are in those classes, you're not really learning anything that you bring into the real world. It's really not helpful to what you would be doing when you're doing your job. And I don't mean helpful just overall. I just mean helpful in the career that you're going to go to. But the job posting that you see or three years of um, experience I feel Mm -hmm. like kind of um, a paradox because they say that, but if you put someone from Oxford with two years of experience and you put someone who has five years of experience, Mm -hmm. most of the time they are inclined to that title that comes along with that degree, even though that they say that three years of experience is enough. It's technically it's it's honestly it's so frustrating because the experience is needed but in order to get you through the door that degree is needed 
but that degree is rendered useless, but that experience is what's valuable. But in, in order for that right. experience to be valuable, you need to have that ticket to get through the door. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like for, yeah. uh, I don't know if it, it applies to the field that you are going into, but I know for, for marketing, the experience is what's amazing. Like even for economics, you need to have the experience. You need to have that is completely valuable only and only if you have that bachelor's degree. And I don't even mean a master's degree. <laughs> if you have that bachelor's degree, yeah. that is yours. But if you have that experience without having that bachelor's degree, that experience is not really... Doesn't even, hold water to that kind, sense. It's kind of looked over unless you've been, unless you're like 35 years old and have 10 years of experience and mm-hmm. your education doesn't even come into the picture. But when I'm when I talk mm-hmm. about now I talk about experience when you're just like fresh out of college and you know you're in your 20s not and just entering your workforce like the workforce is fairly new to you that's what I mean that education Mm -hmm. that's still important but 10 years later nobody really gives a hoot of that ticket about where you've been what you did yeah that's true I have a question for you actually as an employer let's say if you you were employing people up ahead would you choose experience or would you choose um, the amount of degrees someone has plus their experience? Okay, so this is going to sound, I don't know if this works in practice, but in my mind, I I don't think either of those two really would be considered for me. I think when you give someone new who doesn't have any experience the job, they're 100% mm-hmm. more likely to be so diligent at getting on top of things and learning how to do things and being like, okay, I don't know how to do this. How do I figure out how to do this? Like they're, they're more active into trying to learn to be able to do the best at the job because they have no experience. And they, so they feel like, okay, this employer has, you know, seen something in me that they're like, okay, this is, this is something that I can do. And so they were So much, and I speak this, and I speak this from my own experience. Is that I've never, I, I obviously, when you get your first job, you don't have experience. So when someone hired me, yeah. you know, I was very on top of things. I was very okay. I need to learn how to do this, and I was I was working very diligently to know that to know what I was doing, so that when I mm-hmm. get my work, it is my absolute best, and it is what they've done. And also, they train you, right? So if you move from one job to the next. The, what you learned in the first job really isn't a, a important because they're going to retrain you. They're going to teach you how to do things their way. Because again, companies mm-hmm. do things very differently. Not, no company is ever the same. Like the way they do things, yeah. they, everything works is very different. So when you go from one employer to the next, you're retrained completely. So even yeah. that experience that you come in with, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. well, it's not going to be used here. You're going to have to, you know, retrain yourself. Sure, the knowledge and all the t- uh, all the tricks that you learn along the way are helpful in the sense of that experience. Right. Are retrained on how to do the job. So right. back it on to I- the question. I'm sorry, I. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree and disagree with the the skills thing though, because you'd always have core skills mm-hmm. like those of you. The listeners that don't know, Joe has been an insanely good communicator, and those skills are hard to come by. Those are like some, but that that's what I mean. Like, you know, do you have enough um, of like work experience in one place yes. to gain that skill? So, is someone just gonna trust you when you can like 
barely speak because me personally when I get nervous I can barely uh, put a sentence together mm-hmm. but I know I'm competent so you know it's like your employee is going to see you babbling or like going on you know I don't know I so I I think that you bring up a really great point which is why I said that it doesn't I don't I don't think those two things take into let me let me rephrase that answer I think there's a lot of things that are at play when you're trying to employ someone and I don't think just putting it on just your education or just your um uh, experience is an is a ticket that should get you through the door I think everything that you come with your baggage included is what should put you in the door and baggage in a good way in this sense yeah, like, all, like the a <laughs> all the experience all of you know the the education would you, would you consider your the current employer or lioness yay i don't know if i use that right oh my god <laughs> you won you beat me yes <laughs> um i will be having that song coming through and yes. soon. for sure for sure Yes, I would. I would because she took a chance on me, even though I didn't have the experience for the job. Only right. because I don't know if it was the education, obviously not the experience in this case, because I didn't have any experience, or maybe it was our interview. I don't mm-hmm. know. I I don't think I'll ever know. But that chance was still taken. So I think when it comes down to it, it's more so of everything put together instead of just scrutinizing one aspect of it if you know what I mean. Like if you came to me today, I would look at your experience. I would look at your education and I would look at you as a person. So yeah, I don't, that's why I think resumes fall short of conveying that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I did, like, this is one of the hardest things to, to do actually make CVs and cover letters. Cause like, they're just words on paper. It's okay. so impersonal. It's so, you, you don't express you as a person your personality your I mean it's just your competence on on what like how much you can cram in a day I don't know like you know tests and um your ability maybe to code and stuff that makes sense but I don't know it's it's a very it's such a deep topic education because like what, what does it mean to you what what is education that's a really good question and I think education to me doesn't mean um education in the mainstream way that we see today where you you know you have a college degree and you have the high school diploma I think it means what you know I think it means knowledge to me I I think Mm -hmm. being educated and being knowledgeable are two different things you can be educated and you you can be completely not knowledgeable at all and you can be knowledgeable and yet not Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean I've met a lot of people who Yeah, yeah yeah like for example my grandfather he's he's never been to school. I mean, he he was kicked out of his house at a very young age and he learned how to speak English. He learned how to speak Kikuyu. He learned how to speak Swahili all by himself. Like nobody taught him this. And when you hear him speak, his English is so Mm -hmm. eloquent. It's not even broken. He works in pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. today. He works with medicine. Like he knows what medicine you need on based off of like you say I have like I have a headache or a backache okay those are really simple things because I know you just need a Tylenol but (laughs) complex issues if you break them down to him oh yeah and he'll give you the clinical name or like the chemical term of that medicine and he has no background at all in in the sense of education 
Um, and I put that in quotes, like he's not been to a pharmacy school. He's not been to high school. Again, he's mm-hmm. he doesn't have that medical background, but he's learned all of this by reading or by, um, I guess, the experience that he had. And, and then again, my other grandfather is the same way. He He's a doctor. Um, and he, he actually okay. went to like, he went to medical school and he became a family doctor. And it was like, he's an educated person but he reads so many books. He has knowledge on mm-hmm. lots of things, like on like Nelson Mandela, on like just the modern I'm, I'm, I'm saying- He's an encyclopedia of a human. Precisely. He has so much knowledge on so many things and not just people, but like politics and economics. And because he reads, like he reads all of these books. Mm-hmm. He reads and he reads. And he's a doctor already. If you ask him, he's read like most of the books. Like obviously, and right now I just every time I go to the bookstore, I I get him a book to read. Like even the mm-hmm. subtle art of not giving a fuck. Like <laughs> he read that book. <laughs> <laughs> but so you see those two different stances. I think they're perfect. I actually didn't even think about this when I was giving you the answer, but they illustrate just what I'm saying on what I think is what I think is education. Like one is not educated in the mainstream or our kind of way and yet is very knowledgeable. Yeah. While the other is educated in a mainstream way and is still, I think, knowledgeable because based off what he reads and what he knows about mm-hmm. the rest of the world. So that is what I mean by when I say that you are educated. I think I mean in like a certain skill set or a certain or, or like mm-hmm. that you're not blind to what's happening around you because at the end of the day even if you are educated what really matters is what's happening right. in the real world what's happening around you not in that small bubble of a classroom that you are in yeah you know what I mean and I like what you just said about like um the comparison that you just made uh, between both grandfathers but here's the thing with society let's say both of them are pharmacists right one educated through the mainstream degrees and one just through like reading books and knowledge at the end of the day if you had your kids and like me even personally I would I hate to say it but I would go to the grandfather which has got the degrees because it's like more comforting to know like okay they've been through this whole um, you know process that's been placed for like centuries and centuries or you know like a standardized thing which has been peer-reviewed by people or like a course that's been um, you know like academics have sat down on a table and said this is what you need to know and you feel more comforted which is yeah I guess it depends so sciences um you definitely would oh yeah I, I think. mean obviously if I'm going to get operated on I don't want somebody who <laughs> don't <a> quack <laughs> like I need somebody who knows how to do stuff I mean when it comes that's what I'm Again, I think you brought this on um, before we had started having this conversation was context. It, it doesn't apply in the field of medicine. Like you need, you need to know the human anatomy and to know the human anatomy, you need to have a very strong knowledge of where is where and what not to cut while you're operating on somebody. Those are all aspects that you need to know. And I think you need to have... Mm. I don't want to say a proper education. I think you need to have proper knowledge on that. And you need to have like practice because practice 100%. That's why they call medicine. Uh, yeah. Medicine, practice. Just like, <laughs> practicing medicine. Yeah. Yes. Which is a bit uh, shady because like 
you don't want to be practiced on. You just want to get out of there alive. Um, there's something I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, skills in high school. Mm-hmm. We're not taught how to communicate. We're not taught how to do our taxes. We're not taught how to cook. We're not taught how to change a car tire or check the oil. Like these basic life skills. Yeah, I think that's a scam. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, something where we barely ever use ever. So I just, I just want to go off topic here for a second and um, talk about what you just mentioned about not knowing how to change a tire or check oil. So, <laughs> Meshvi, Sid and I had a road trip in the States and we were driving down from Memphis, Tennessee to New Orleans and mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way there. The bumper, or I don't know, I don't think it's a bumper, but it was some kind of, see, this is, again, this is going to really substantiate what she just said right now, but I still don't know what it's called. Or the, no, the exhaust pipe, the whole thing. Okay, so we got off one road to fill petrol in the car, obviously, where else would we fill the petrol? But we got off and I think I hit a pothole. And so the exhaust pipe started dragging down and I could hear the sound of it dragging down. And I was like, oh my God. So now we're like, oh, like, oh shit, we hear something dragging down. So we pull up into the side, um, into the petrol station and look out to see. And yes, indeed we were right. The exhaust pipe was dragging. And now we needed a fix because we had to be in New Orleans that night. And we were, I think, how mm-hmm. far were, were we from? Like a couple of four we were a couple of hours and just to put in con- context it wasn't just the exhaust pipe it was like the whole muffler part so like oh yeah the muffler sorry was dragging not just the tiny little exhaust the whole thing the muffler included <laughs> so we were like okay you know what we've got this so we went inside where you can just go inside and do some shopping the gas station i, guess. I like how you're excluding this one thing that we did to psych ourselves up because oh, yeah. at this point there was zero mechanics like station gas stations in america for those who don't know have zero mechanics it's literally all you do is you fuel your car fuel yourself perhaps <laughs> go relieve yourself and get out there that's it that's pretty much what there is so we were pretty lost we did not know what to do we were desperate <laughs> But we're like, okay, we're going to motivate ourselves. We're three young, capable women. We're knowledgeable. We, we, we've got this. We don't need anyone. We didn't specify gender or anything. We just like, we don't need anyone. <laughs> yeah, Jill. And then yeah. what do we do? So we don't need anyone. So we went into the petrol station, uh, the gas station, and we went to look around to see what we could use to fix the issue, what we could use to elevate the muffler that was on the ground and make sure it would stay to the car. And we saw duct tape. <laughs> and <laughs> in our minds, duct tape is the most strongest thing in the world and nothing or anything except a pair of scissors can penetrate through this tape. So we were so psyched. We're like, you know what? We've got this. To be fair, we saw a video um, sometime back, a meme or whatever, of this aeroplane, um, this, I guess, I don't know, aeronautical engineer or whoever fixes planes, um, taking duct tape and taping it around the engine of the 
plane. And mm-hmm. that's how we got the idea of duct tape. <laughs> We're like, yeah, duct tape. That's so going to do the job. Yeah, yeah. So we went in. <laughs> And we bought the duct tape and we're so pumped up. We're like, yeah, we got this. We don't need no one. (laughs) And we proceed to lay down on the ground and put tape on the muffler. And just as we were doing that, uh, two guys in a pickup truck were driving by slowly and staring at us. Now, in our minds, we're thinking, damn, these girls, (laughs) they figured a way to fix this. They park the car on the side. They both come out and ask us, what's the problem? And we tell them, oh, you know, this is dragging. And he's like, and one of the guys is like, oh, um, the duct tape will melt. <laughs> you can't put this on that was so obvious. <laughs> Three young educated girls had no clue. Physics. No clue whatsoever. No, physics and chemistry just walked out the door that day. <laughs> common sense who i blame i I blame social media i blame that meme i blame whoever posted that video on instagram and i blame all the people that watched it that made it go viral that situation is all their fault absolutely 100 it has to be their fault anyway (laughs) these guys proceeded so he was like we'll do this for you and they went into their car and got zip ties and just tied up the muffler properly and the whole road trip which was like how many like four thousand miles five thousand miles Ooh, yeah not a problem not once did that muffler <laughs> fall <Drop>. off <laughs> not once did it make noise it was perfectly seated the way it was supposed to be as opposed right. to if we had put duct tape on it and a few miles later we would have had another problem <laughs> but and uh, just to specify um they didn't just have zip ties for fun. They were not kidnappers or anything. Oh, yeah. they, they were servicemen or I don't know, like they, they looked like they were doing plumbing or I don't know. Some, yeah, they, they had those reflector jackets, lifesavers yeah. or whatever they're called. But so, they were, yeah. we, we were so grateful for them. So yeah. they gave us some good advice, which we yeah. did not heed um, to our next destination. <laughs> if you remember, Jill. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yes, that's, we that this illustrates how much we need to have a skills class in high school where we need to learn all Mm -hmm. these life skills that we will take into the real world now if let's let's look at a scenario where we actually were taught this stuff this whole thing would have turned out different we don't need no one would have actually been true (laughs) (laughs) that's a goal in life though to be self-sufficient in that sense where you're like you can just do everything by yourself. You're not like dependent on, you know, others to do things. Yes. Um, fix your car, um, fix things in your house, just, you know, roll with it. Mm-hmm. I do think that's a skill that we need to know. I don't know why we're not taught this and instead are taught history of colonization. I, I do think that that needs to be known. I do think we need to learn about it. I, I, I think history is important for us to realize just how far we've come and how far we're going to go. But I, I do mm-hmm. think that that skills portion of it still needs to be there. Like it still needs to be present. It still needs to be taught. Like even going to the bank, the first time I went to the bank, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm just standing there. <laughs> I have money and I need it to be not in my hands and <laughs> safe. Can you please 
<laughs> something about it. That's uh, legit. Yeah. It's just like, hmm. Okay. Back to that. <laughs> back. That was a long loop. Yes. Um, right. Back to the skills portion of it. Yes, I agree with you. I think skills do need to be taught into school. Um, mm. And and speaking of memes, I saw this meme where it shows technology. I don't, I, I don't know if you've seen it. So it shows um, the way we used to communicate 25 years ago with the modes of like the phone booth. And then it shows the Apple phone of today and the Samsung phones of mm-hmm. today. And then it shows the- Thank you for adding Samsung. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and then- <laughs> They were and, and just right next to that comparison was the education system at the time people were using phone boots and the education system right now at the time people are using iPhones and Samsungs. And you could see the significant change between the phones, but no change between the education system. Now, right. that speaks a lot. Volumes. Yes. And that's the reason yes. I say it's so outdated. It's so outdated how we learn how you know there's this um i'm a avid youtube watcher watcher so <laughs> there's this um, guy called cosmic skeptic and he was talking about the history of universities and he's all um he studies at university of oxford and even with that degree he was also like you know universities are useless right now like you don't need them so um he was elaborating on the history and saying that back in the day you didn't have access to ebooks you didn't have access to the internet the only place if you wanted to go read or quote unquote acquire knowledge is go to a library and where were these libraries located university institutions so that made sense back then why people aggregate like oh i want to be a physician like i want to do physics or whatever i just want to acquire knowledge go to university that made sense then Today, on the other hand, you can literally sit, like, go fly to Bali and learn about, like, making a nuclear bomb. And you're pretty much set. Maybe you just need the finances. Not that I'm saying, <laughs> promoting that. But I'm just saying you can do anything, learn anything anywhere without the need of enrolling in an institution. And even medicine, you can do that too. But, like, obviously practice. And, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Um, that makes so much sense. That's actually a really good perspective. That is, that makes worlds of sense. I think you just blew my mind right now. I'm sort of processing. This I'm stuff. so glad about blowing me on. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> that just wow. I never, I never thought about it that way. That makes sense. Why people wanted to get a college education or you uni- know, like have a university background so bad because that's where you acquire knowledge. Mm-hmm. You need to be enrolled in those institutions to get it. Whereas now I can yeah. sit on the toilet and learn about physics and I'm good to go. Yeah, I think it held status back then, like you know, an educated person or like now it doesn't really hold status. Like everyone has bachelors. Every like oh. that's a bare minimum. Like yeah. so many people have masters. It's now you. It's so competitive. Like you have to stand out. You have to be a great communicator, a great presenter, a great. Like just know how to code, know how to do this, and like it's so like life. I don't know. Obviously, I haven't lived in the past, but it feels very stressful, very overwhelming, very like you have to be an all rounder, which is too much pressure for anyone. And no wonder there's so much like mental health issues. I agree. That, like come out from like these nine to five jobs and I agree. university and I think um 
with the access to education, we've also had the access to other people's lives and have that platform where we just um, we, we just talk about the good things in life and all the accomplishments. And so when you're just scrolling through a social media, you come across all of these achievements that all these people have you know, received. Mm. And you think about your own and you're like, I haven't done anything. And then there comes the pressure. Nobody really posts about their failures or their disappointments or all the hardships that they've gone through mm. on these same... The rejections. Yes, exactly. Like on these same platforms, nobody does any of that. So I think that's why we have so much pressure on ourselves. And I, and I agree with you. I think everyone has a bachelor's degree. Everyone has now is starting to get a master's degree. There isn't anything there. So how else stand out to an employer and I, that's, where, that's where I'm like why do we have to stand out to an employer that's my question because not all of us can be employee employers <laughs> my question is why they these people need people to do work it's not like we're how we have a shortage of jobs there are thousands of jobs out there in the world because there's so many things that are coming up when you look from skincare brands yeah. like in the past 20 in the past year past 18 months the amount of new skincare companies that have risen is tremendous you know and this is just like one 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 um platform that i am familiar with it has just blown up and together with that there's so many other industries that have blown up with it so it's not like we're we have a limited number of jobs we're just being really picky when we shouldn't be like why why does an employer have to stand out why isn't it the other way around you need, as an employer you need this person to make you to money attract them. so shouldn't yeah. you be the one to be like oh yeah we provide health benefits or we do for one okay or we do like paid vacations or paid holidays and stuff like that shouldn't isn't that what employers should do instead of an employee i mean but i see that a lot in like your side of the world and by yours i mean like the developed side whereas where like you know, global sales, it's like, it's cutthroat. You don't, you don't get those benefits. They're not selling themselves. You have to literally like crawl and claw your way to a job. Whereas global north is more like, yeah, like what you just said, they're selling you like, oh, 401k, the holiday packages, blah, 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 paid vacation, maternity leave. No, no, no. Um, But I just realized we're so We've only said one side of education, which has been absolutely negative. But I do think they are pluses. Oh, yeah, Um, I agree. I guess we speak from privilege in the sense of we have the internet. We have access to devices. I'm talking to you on a phone slash laptop. Um, I guess there's like a whole other world out there that doesn't. And education, like the old school way, makes sense. I, I I do think there are a lot of positives to education. Again, I think learning about geography I mean you need to know where the countries are located come on I can't come up to you and tell you where is Ireland and you point to me somewhere in the United States I'm going to be really mad at your education like I do think that we need to know about our world I think we need to know about how the oceans work how we have how we get to breathe I think all of that is very important and Mm -hmm. I I do when it comes down to chemistry physics and biology I do I do think we need to know how our body works I do think we need to know how chemicals work together how gravitational force why 
you know, you throw an apple and it falls to the ground. I do think that all of that stuff is necessary. And I do think even learning about the outer space of where we stand and the miracle that is earth needs to be known. So beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I do think we need to know all of that. And I think education in that sense provides us with that. But Mm -hmm. here, here comes the downfall. Like you and I, we learned that. I know we did. Like we learned about biology, we learned about the planets. We didn't just focus on our country and forget the rest of the mm-hmm. world. Like we didn't do that. Right. But I know when you move over to the States, there are a lot of people here. And I am sure you've seen a lot of videos where there's a presenter asking, oh, where is like, again, like I said, a ton of them. they don't know. Like, what's the capital of name five countries in Africa? Yeah. And there's like crickets. It's just like, isn't, I heard once, isn't Africa a country? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, sure. Even like, name, name the continents. Like, that wasn't, that was a problem. Like, they didn't hmm. know what the continents were. And that's where yeah. the problem comes in. I think the positive is not branched out everywhere as it is for us and again you bring that point of privilege we were privileged enough to go to a good school where we got that education in us that 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 curriculum was there but when you look here it's just like that basic knowledge that you need to have about the world and everything and the fundamentals and the foundations of how everything works was just is not as great as it should be I think I'm being really nice by saying that but I think that it's not as great as it should be what 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 are your thoughts on that right I you just actually just said something curricula and that just like struck a chord in my head like who does you know define what high schoolers and primary students like have to learn in school who who sits down and says okay, they need to know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> Not shit, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just, who decides that? Do you know that? Like, I'm actually curious. Um, like, I don't, but we could like search up right now. Who decides? I feel like they have a lot of power, literally on like changing minds, um, molding minds. I think it's just like a whole bunch of academics, like yeah, post I don't think it's that yeah maybe there was something in america though recently you know they were like wanting to teach teach a certain like aspect of history i don't want to say it because i don't want i'm not too sure about it and there's a huge debate about it a back and forth um between like um parents and um what's it policymakers i don't know I think if you, it, was, um, it was a while back. I, I, I know it was a very sensitive topic. It was either the, um, either something to do with the Native Americans or the Black Americans. African yeah, cool about it. And people were like, yay or nay, and debate. And but anyways, um, yeah. Educate, I think what we were talking about earlier about universities and like the library thing, now it makes sense for like people who do research because a lot of like these funds go to universities and then universities like give them out or whatever so that would make sense for phd students um i think to any of your listeners whoever wants to do a master's have a reason to do a master's like if you're changing careers or you know something like have a reason to do it um yeah i i I agree with you and you know it's just 
speaking of that aspect of um, who decides what we learn in school. So I did the British curriculum and then I came over to the States and did the way they do things here. And I noticed one thing is that in the British cur curriculum, when you get to the 11th grade of say, I think we were what, 15, 16 at that time, yeah. now decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. So you go from having 11 classes to take to, you know, streamlining that into maybe three or four classes. And then those mm -hmm. three or four classes decide whether you go into dentistry, decide whether you go into finance, yeah. finance, accounts, business, all of that. So at a very young age of 15 and 16, where you don't even know what these mm -hmm. what these um, careers do, what is the core of these careers, you're already streamlining this process. And once you get to like the 12th, um, 13th um, year where you have to apply to universities, you can't even, like, you don't, if you don't want to be a dentist anymore, what are you going to do? Like, you have to apply to dental school because when you apply to these universities in UK, they're now, you're applying based off of the subjects that you've done. So if you do like math, bio, chem, physics, and then you apply for economics, the school yeah. the, the university there is going to be like hold on we're not going to accept you you don't even have any knowledge on economics like yeah that's something that I realized was very very frustrating for someone who, me who didn't know what I wanted to do with my life like I was stuck between dentist or economist like those were my two options and they were both on opposite sides of the coin <laughs> yeah right so when you, when you have to go from 11 subjects down to four subjects how are you supposed to make sure that you have the option to do both when you know more about what each does 100% I, I love that point you're so right I didn't even like you're right because school doesn't give you it doesn't give you an opportunity to like explore interests like you don't even know what you're interested in because you don't even know what you don't even know you exactly. don't know what exactly. and the worst thing is once you're in university you've already invested like your money your time your resources so it's going to be so hard to like flip over at like 30 years old where you're unmotivated and you're you're just you settle for whatever you have which is like the saddest thing because mm -hmm. you know your like your passion could have been vet and you're doing like economics yes. or vice versa whatever but yeah school needs to really let people like have days with like professions if that makes sense yeah like know what dentist like I may be passionate about dentistry and then I'm just like I do like a week of you know following a dentist and I'm like yeah this is not for me agreed you no know? yes that is exactly what I was that that was where my point was headed like just having that where you know what they're doing so you shadow this person for like two weeks maybe uh, and you're like okay this is what I want now you know for certain in your core that yes this is what I want and so I, I, when, you know, when you transfer over to the US, I don't think that that is provided here. But I know, like, for example, my, my sister is in high school here and she has the opportunity. So there's a vet program that is provided. And in the vet program, you get to shadow um, actual vets um, as they work for a week or a month. You have mm -hmm. a program where you shadow them, you do what they do, you learn what they do, you do small tasks of it. And you know that, yes. So before you apply to colleges, you're like, 
I 100% know that this is what I want to do. So now the process mm -hmm. is streamlined in your benefit. Now, for example, if you don't know what you want to do. So when I went to, when I started college here, you need like what? 120 credits to graduate. So out of those 120, 60 of those credits have to be just of economics. So math, statistics, mm -hmm. core economic principles and advanced economic classes, all of that stuff. The rest of the 60 is up to you. Explore if you will. I took classes of natural history. I took ocean exploring. I, I took amazing classes. And those classes really expanded my knowledge just beyond economics. So I learned about the oceans. I learned about how the, the meteor that we thought destroyed all the dinosaurs was in fact completely wrong in my mind. And the dinosaurs died out slowly. They didn't just all like, it wasn't just like a nuclear bomb where it was like boom you know like that's not what happened yeah. and that's what, what I thought happened but learning yeah. about all of this, this is just an, one of the many many examples that I learned from these diverse classes that I took so I think that is one I think in that aspect the education in the in, in the states here is more liberating if you will so I studied in um, University of Nairobi for yeah. undergrad and it was so strict um, we did not have any electives so like um, picking things outside of our um, realm right. or subject to whatever that was like up to you I feel a lot of a lot of universities like British based because like even your end kind of has like a they kind of follow yeah yeah it's very <laughs> I would say it's very like you have to be a self-motivated person to pursue your interest you have to be there and that's not that's not in everyone and it's not fair to ask everyone to be like that, like to, you know, follow their passions. Cause it's hard sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to follow passions. Like and it's sometimes when you don't see the end of it or an opportunity that's coming out of it, it's hard. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I, I think it's very commendable what you did. So Meshvi used to have classes from like eight to four, eight to five, eight to four, eight to five. But, and yeah. Back to back, that is like maybe like an hour lunch break for four years. And obviously she came out victorious, but I don't think I could ever do that. I think that takes a lot of determination and a lot of dedication and a lot of knowing what you want to do. Whereas if I was there, I think I would have quit the first day. Let's be, let's be fair. <laughs> I actually you in, in one of her classes. I remember, do you remember when I came to sit into your classes? One of them. You're a very popular girl, that <laughs> Everyone was very interested. <laughs> was that was a really uh, fun day, definitely. It was a fun day, but I just got to have a, a, a small glimpse for maybe an hour or two of what Meshvi goes through. And I was fidgeting the, the first five minutes. <laughs> How long is this class? And she's like, we just started. It's another two hours. So, <laughs> I don't know how you did it, but honestly, I think hats off to you for actually going through that whole process. And you know exactly when you did that. What what did you think the flaws were there? Like, let's just say that I've given you the power to change that. Now, let's just specifically, I'm going to stick to your course and your your degree. If you could change the way they were mm -hmm. learned, the curriculum of anything, how would you change? Yeah. What would you do? If I could change the curriculum, 
if you could change anything, like the curriculum, the way the classes were done, the teachers, and, and basically the program oh. yours to form. It's now yours. Like, how would you do it? What would you change? I was just telling this to one of my friends from UON, and we're talking, and I was like, there's one thing that I would change is in, like, literally everything <laughs> from the way the lecturers teach, because some of them just enter the class, uh-huh. put on the slides, get out, give us the slides, and, like, that's the end of the day. So, again, you're just either cramming or if you're, you know, you have time, you learn with passion, which is sometimes hard because you're just going to go to like YouTube and Google mm-hmm. and Wikipedia and articles and stuff. But like, screw, okay, scratch all that stuff up. One thing that I wish our university did was help with finding jobs, careers. Because like, it's like once you're done with the payment of your university fees oh. and they give you your certificate, they wipe their hands clean and they're like, okay, you've entered the world. There's no... Um, services for oh, this is how you write a CV this is how you do a cover letter this is how you present yourself this you know like the I think the basics again even university lacks basic skills for finding a job high school lacks basic skills to find your passions your interests it's like we're kind of failing society we just it's like you know those jigsaw puzzles where they don't fit yeah. <laughs> like school yeah you're just forcing yourself to fit in there but you don't and like our current education system is literally like just catalyzing and just helping a whole bunch of misfits like just you're trying to fit in those pieces and they really aren't and you're going to like break so many people and you kind of see that again with the point of people's like you know mental health going down the drain burnout depression anxiety someone who works on the curricula is listening to this but please do better so the university that i went to and i know more, all of the universities here in the states provide that career class so we had to take a mandatory career class that was worth one credit where we okay. learned about how to write a resume, how to write a cover letter, what to wear for interviews, what to say during an interview. You have mock interviews, you have like these resources that you can go to and say, hey, this is my CV, what can I do to change it? And they sit down with you and they tell you, okay, this is wording is different. This is something that you should do here. So all of those resources are actually provided here. If you if you need to find a job, yes, yeah. universities want, as, as long as you're in the university, they provide all the resources they can to help you find a job. I have heard, yeah. not had the experience, but I've heard that once you graduate and you become an alumni, yes, they, they wipe their hands clean. They're like, now it's up to you. But... If you go to a lot of the prestigious universities, they like to keep their numbers high. So by numbers, I mean like 95% of um, college students, once they graduate, have a job. So they want to make sure that those numbers are intact. Okay, I I have a question for you. Um, Is there anything that you would change about your career, not career, uh, your education journey? Or is there anything you wish that you would have gotten along the journey that you were on up to now that you've become a master's graduate? Starting from primary school to secondary school to university for bachelor's now a master's. In that the whole journey, what what would you change? What have you learned in terms of the education form? That's a really, really good question. Um, Very one that I haven't reflected on a lot. On the top of my head, uh, okay, for those who don't know, I love to study. Um, I enjoy learning. It's not studying. I enjoy learning. I love learning. sitting in a class or sitting behind a laptop and just reading and 
gaining knowledge. So in my career path, I wouldn't change anything because I'm happy with where I am. Mm-hmm. But then I've had so much misinformation in terms of um, like, if you do this degree, it will lead you here. Because prior to my master's, I was doing microbiology and you know, from that you become a lab technician or you go in and you go into like industries or something, but there wasn't a scope in Kenya and we're not told that. And obviously kind of obvious that you should know, but you don't know. You just, you're like, okay, this sounds like a good degree. This sounds like something I would enjoy that I would be passionate about and I'm going to do it. But then you don't see your pay. You don't see um, opportunities. So all the only thing I would change is the amount of research I do before getting into anything that I do. And I don't, like, I've learned that you don't rely on, you listen, you talk, you network, but at the end of the day, like, gather your own information, mm-hmm. make your own, because you're going to live with it anyways. So no pressure, <laughs> but um, yeah, just research, research, research. Google is your best friend you can get you literally so much information on the tip of our fingers. I think our generation, the generation ahead of us, we take it for granted. Like we have so much power in our hands, but we do dances, which is not a bad thing, but like, you know, you could also use it for like attaining um, knowledge, attaining a happy life or something that you are satisfied with at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So if we put it, I wish I did that before my undergrad, um, I did a lot of that towards my master's. I wish I did that for my undergrad because I applied for microbiology and biotech. I applied for environmental sciences. Those are so different, all different countries. And I think I made the best decision by going to Nairobi University. Uh-huh. But that's like on a topic in terms of I didn't know myself as a person. I didn't know my likes and dislikes. And staying here kind of made me confident. I mean, I don't know if that would have happened elsewhere. But I'm happy with my trajectory, if that makes sense. Because a lot of stuff minus education was linked to it. And I'm really happy about that. So, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for your words of wisdom. I have enjoyed breaking down and unfiltering this topic with you. Our next topic, as she mentioned, is in the conversation. If you can point that out, props to you. Um, But before we go anywhere, Meshvi is going to take us to a place. And what place are you going to take us today, Meshvi? Where in the world are we going today? Today, we're going to the European country of Andorra. Ooh, Andorra. Is there anything in particular that you like about this? Or did you just randomly choose it? I visited it for a day because it's so tiny. So literally you just need it for a day. Um, super mountainous, super beautiful. Um, and it's tax-free. And I think, yeah. So I did, I found some facts about Adora that um, I will let you know. So it's, like you mentioned, it's a small country. It's actually the 16th smallest country in the world by land and the 11th smallest country by population. So that's actually really, really small. The total population is 85,000. That's how many people they are in that, in that it country. It looks like a country. So, exactly. 
One fact that actually really surprised me is how much tobacco Andorra produces. I did not know that. So it takes up a lot of the farming space in Andorra. So this one is actually really interesting, is that it's it's co-principality. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a principality is a place ruled by a prince, and Monaco is an example of that. But co-principality is where they have two princes. So two princes share the title of prince in Andorra. Um, one prince is a president of France, and the other co-prince is the bishop of Burgale. So the official language is Catalan. Um, it's it, it's a language spoken in regions of Spain, bits of France, and and Andorra. Okay, so this is actually really interesting, but it's never been in war in almost a thousand years. So a thousand years of its history, it's never been in war once. I think it's too small to even try. Yeah, true. Andorra has no national bank and has have and has never had its own currency. So euro is the currency that you would use in Andorra. And then, so the capital is Andorra La Vela. La Vela? Vela? I have absolutely, I am the worst when it comes to picking up languages. I barely speak um, English. <laughs> we all barely speak English. English is really complicated. Like, so there's this, uh, going off topic again, but there's this, these videos that I'm seeing on TikTok where, not TikTok, oh my God instagram where i'm gonna send it to you and i i I may as well post it on on the unfiltered for you page but there's like this guy who's saying okay i i don't know how to pronounce these words help me pronounce them so it's like cough so c-o-u-g-h and he's like he's like how do you pronounce this cough like okay have you seen it it's like cuff then he's like okay fine then he's like <laughs> okay you know see we watch the same things we watch the same things too <laughs> but um on that note uh this is the end of the podcast i will see nashvi again for the next one and i will see you all next week but before i go here's a very long list of social medias also meshvi's is at meshvi shah on instagram am i correct yeah yeah if not i'm just gonna tag her anyway so hit a follow <laughs> she is private so um it's gonna be it's gonna basically you're gonna have to send her your cv and she'll see it based on your education and be like sure i will let the person in to see my page <laughs> But um, unfiltered for you Instagram page is at unfiltered for you on Instagram. We have the website where you can go listen to is www.unfilteredforyou.com, and you can listen to it, listen to this podcast there or anywhere else that you listen to.